Yonder by Larry Ninus, Chapter 6, The Not-So-Great Chicken Raid Jim, Bob, and Lily arrived home just before lunch. Both had the aftertaste of coffee gone bad on their tongues. They pulled in the carport, and Jim, Bob came around the car to open the door for Lily. Entering the kitchen, they saw Prissy, Missy, and Freddie busy setting the table. The smell of burgers filled the kitchen, and a boiling pot of kosher hot dogs belched steam on the stove. Perched atop the boilers was a steel colander with the hot dog and hamburger buns inside. Lily joined the preparations, and Jim Bob watched the organized chaos that is his family. The sights, sounds, and smells brought comfort to his heart and mind. Almost on cue, buns, wieners, and burgers came to the table along with Mary Alice and the four Owens children. Jim Bob slid into his chair at the head of the table opposite the stove. He grasped Mary Alice's right hand and Missy's left hand before bowing to pray. Lord, I'm humbled and joyful to be at the table with my family. Thank you for my home and my family. You've so blessed us to serve and be a witness in yonder. Bless our food and fellowship. Amen. The kitchen was suddenly quiet except for the sound of condiments squirting and vigorous chewing. Occasionally the clink of ice in glasses would pierce the air. How was breakfast, Dad? Missy looked at him, trying to read his expression and posture. Mary Alice and Missy have a shared gift of discernment. Jim Bob felt like Mary Alice had passed half of her genes on to Missy. He tensed before turning to his right to answer Missy. Then he realized Mary Alice and Missy were both looking at him for an answer. He took a deep breath, thought about rubbing his chin, and exhaled the tension in his body before answering with a genuine smile. It's all good. Family meeting! Freddy calls loudly after all the dishes are cleared and the table is wiped clean. The Owens family fills in the long oak kitchen table with refilled glasses of sweet tea and puzzled expressions. Freddy, you called this meeting. What's on the agenda, Scout? Jim Bob inquired after the noise of settling into seats had died down. Maybe he wants to ask for money for a new wardrobe, Dad. You can only do so much with corduroy pants and a vest. Prissy always had something to say about Owens family fashion but this was a bit catty even for her. Let's go around the table first and do new and exciting. Mary Alice offered to try to set a civil tone for the meeting. Her offer was met with low groans and moans. I have the conch, Jim Bob announced. I'll start. I'm joining a new discipleship group forming next week. It's new and exciting. Dad, you were talking about starting discipleship groups at the church. What happened to that? Prissy raised her eyebrows in expectation of her father's response. Freddie seemed let down that it appeared Jim Bob was admitting defeat to the pastoral powers that be at Fellowship Baptist after only two weeks of visiting. There doesn't seem to be a lot of interest among the folks I talked to at Fellowship. The pastor said I should start a home Bible study. This will give me an opportunity to be disciplined and learn how to make disciples. I'm still praying about what roles God would have me take in the church and the community. This will give me an opportunity to make some Christian friends, build relationships, and Settled back into the yonder community. Jim Bob tried to finish sounding confident, but merely came off as if he were trying to convince himself. Don't try so hard, Dad. The family loves you no matter what. We'll support your decision. Lily the encourager had been heard. Mary Alice leaned over and pecked Jim Bob on the cheek. I second what Lily said. A quiet settled over the table. Missy cleared her throat, retrieved, and retrieved a notebook from her shirt pocket, and dove into the meeting. We have talked about having a farm and a garden as a family. 
Mom and I have picked a preliminary site, but we're going to need some help clearing. Dad, did you stop by Emmett's feed and seed and pick up the material for a front gate? She looked toward Jim Bob, who shook his head no, and she proceeded through the list. Mom and I discussed a 20 by 40 garden with an 8 feet high fence. I have a list of supplies for you, Dad. There are a couple of dead trees that block the morning sun that will have to be cut down and cleared. Mom says you don't need to clear the roots. We also have a good barn. I was thinking some chickens for egg and eggs and meat. Excuse me, but I don't think you can get eggs and meat from the same chicken. The philosopher side of Freddie always came out in family meetings. Missy ignored Freddie and continued talking. Mom and I found some chicken wire in the barn and set up a coop. Mary Alice chided in. They will be free range during the day and cooped up at night. We will keep them cooped up for a while so they get used to using the nest boxes you're going to build for us, honey. Freddie has agreed to help. Reluctantly, Freddie added. Which brings us to tonight, Mary Alice said hesitantly. The family knew that Jim Bob did not react well to last-minute plans. He believed everything should be meticulously planned in advance. Prissy got up from the table and turned off the spotlights in the kitchen, leaving only the two hanging lights over the table illuminated. During their meal, the late August sun had settled behind the copse of trees in front of the house, causing darkness to smother the outer perimeter of the kitchen. The family hunched into the center of the table, waiting for someone to speak. Missy cleared her throat. That brings us to Miss Reba. An awkward silence hung before Freddie, and a low, raspy voice chimed in. Blackwater Hattie lived back in the swamp where the strange green reptiles crawl. Snakes hang thick from the cypress trees like sausage on a smokehouse wall. Where the swamp is alive with a thousand eyes and all of them watching you. Stay off the track to Hattie's shack in the back of the black bayou. Freddie, you always had a flair for the dramatic, Lily chided in. We met Reba today on a walk along Gofar Road, Mary Alice began. She's a fine Christian lady and an older settler in these parts. She has lots of chickens, a huge garden, and lots of farm animals. She's offered us a rooster and six hens to get us started. Reba said we could pay her by helping her with some minor chores and repairs around her farm. The girls and I have agreed to do that. Freddie's going to help her set up Wi-Fi her, for her house and get her computer connected. Again, silence hung like rain-laden clouds over the table. We were planning to go tonight to get the chickens, Dad, but we're going to need your help. Reba said they are big Brahmas and will get heavy on the walk back. She lives about a mile down the road. Jim Bob did the math in his head. One chicken per person, plus one. At night on the road, they'd look like a bunch of chicken thieves. After lunch, Jim Bob checked on the chicken pen with Freddie by his side. They gathered wood from the scraps in the rafters of the barn and constructed six sturdy laying boxes. Each box was attached to the wall beams of the barn, and scavenged hay from the loft was used to stuff the boxes. Freddie noticed there was not a latch on the chicken pen door, so he and Jim Bob used some 16-penny nails and string to rig a temporary latch. With their job complete, they headed back inside for dinner. Dusk had settled when they left the barn to head into the kitchen for dinner. Where had the time gone so quickly? They had an appointment with Reba, so they had a light dinner of leftovers from lunch. Lily left the table and came back with headlights and elastic headbands for everyone, placing them in front of each person. While his family put their lights on their heads and practiced turning them on and off, he sat quietly processing this last-minute foray into the night. Jim Bob took a deep breath 
exhaled silently and put on his headlight. Without a word, they all rose from the table, pushed their chairs under the table, and walked out the garage door into the night. Mary Alice took the lead as the Owens headed off west down Gofar Road. Jimba was the caboose to be sure nobody was lost in the dark. Six bouncing LED lights moved silently down the road. As they passed the first mailbox, Mary Alice informed everyone in a whisper that they were halfway there. Why are you whispering, Mom? Are we stealing these chickens? Freddie asked. Before Mary Alice could answer, there was a loud gunshot and a voice from the darkness off to the right. Knock him out, John! Somebody shoot this thing! All except Freddie stopped and hunkered in a crouch at the gunshot. It was graveyard quiet, then a loud, cackling laugh could be heard across the night. Freddy smiled to himself before shouting in the direction of the shot. Good one, Oscar. I think you got them all. Mary Alice's shaky voice drifted back to Jim Bob along the road. Something you want to share with the rest of the family, Freddy? That's Oscar. He doesn't have or doesn't remember his last name. I met him today walking along the road. I told him we were going out on a chicken raid, and he agreed to watch for our lights and give us a surprise. I gave him a signal when to shoot into the air, Freddie explained. Anybody need to go back to the house with me and get clean drawers? Jim Bob offered, exhaling deeply. There was a pause, and the whole family fell into fits of laughter, releasing the tension into the night. Y'all be careful of Reba's dogs. They ain't got good night vision. See you tomorrow. With that, Oscar could be heard sliding back his rocking chair as he rose and went into the house. The slamming screen door signaled they were alone in the night once more. It was another ten minutes before Mary Alice gave a fist pump for the family to rally around her. Only Prissy saw the signal because she was next in line. Everybody else collided into Prissy before realizing they had to stop. We're here, Mary Alice whispered before heading off down a driveway with a single light at the end. How long is this driveway, Mary Alice? Jim Bob wondered how much further they had to go as they passed the only light for miles visible through the window of Reba's kitchen window. They came to an abrupt halt, running into each other once again. Dadgum, y'all make more noise than Sherman's army marching through Georgia. Good thing you aren't stealing these chickens. I'd have shot you five minutes ago when you turned down the driveway. Rita chided them and as she moved into the light. Reba was a small frame woman with her hair in a tight bun. Wisp of red hair had escaped the bun, swirled around her face in the evening breeze. She had a steely-eyed, fierce look punctuated by a wide smile. She held an unlit flashlight in one hand and a double-barrel 12-gauge shotgun in the other. She leaned the shotgun against the wall of the now-visible chicken coop and opened the door to lead them inside. I believe you might have shot us if you hadn't known we were coming, Jim Bob offered to lighten the mood. Varmints is varmints, Reba shot back. She giggled under her breath as the smell of fresh chicken poop assaulted their senses. Just grab them by both legs with one hand and turn them upside down. They'll settle down pretty quickly. I'll point out the young hens and roosters you can have. Reba went about pointing out chickens who seemed very surprised they had visitors at this time of the night. She saved the rooster for Jim Bob since it was the heaviest of the fowl they would be carrying home. Don't worry, Jim Bob, I cut off his spurs so he won't hurt you. He doesn't know that, but we won't tell him. Reba informed Jim Bob as he hefted the 12-pound rooster and attempted to turn it upside down. He had to fight for a minute for control until Reba reached over and stroked the rooster's head, cooing. It's all right, just relax and enjoy the ride. Reba spoke quietly, lovingly, to the big rooster.
Freddie outside the coop asks, do they have names? Can't name something you might want to eat someday, Freddie. These ain't pretz, these farm animals, Reba shared in a whisper. Were all of the Owens equipped with a chicken in one hand, except for Mary Alice, who had one in each hand, they headed off down the driveway. Reba seemed to melt into the night, only located by the slapping of a screen door. Jim Bob had taken the lead for the trek back home, with Mary Alice bringing up the rear. Walking along the dark road, facing into traffic, traffic, a silence descended on the group until headlights appeared in the distance. The car dimmed its lights as it drew closer, and then the red and blue flashing lights illuminated the night. The car sat motionless as a family approached. Chickens clutched at their sides. A spotlight pierced the darkness and settled on Jim Bob's rooster. His mind flashed back to the many nights he had been greeted by flashing red and blue lights and highlighted by a spotlight from a police car. A dome light came on in the police car as the driver's side door swung open with a loud squeak that seemed to scream in the silence. A tall figure in a cowboy hat and wearing a sidearm was silhouetted by the headlights. Y'all got a bill of sale for them chickens? The deep raspy voice of the officer called out. Jim Bob recognized the voice instantly and called back, Stolen chickens don't need a bill of sale, officer. You gonna arrest us for trying to make a living? The silhouetted figure seemed to shake and then violent laughter broke the tension. <laughs> I couldn't do it, Jim Bob. The sheriff said I should come out with the siren and lights going, spot you with the light and use the loudspeaker to scare you. I couldn't do it. Don't tell on me. T.P. tipped his cowboy hat to the rest of the Owens family in the dark. T.P., how long you been a deputy? Jim Bob asked as a family all filed into the headlights. About ten years, Jim Bob. Introduce me to the family. Jim Bob introduced Stephen Thomas, an old high school friend, to his wife and each of the Owens children. T.P. and I graduated together. We played cowboy and Indians, cops and robbers, all kinds of other things growing up. Thanks for not using the bullhorn, T.P. No problem. There's some good-looking chickens. Y'all get on home before it's too late. With that, Officer T.P. got in his patrol car, killed the red and blue flashing lights, and drove off down the road. Why do you call him T.P., Dad, if his name is Stephen? Lily called out in the dark. Well, he came back to class in fourth grade one day with toilet paper stuck to the bottom of his shoe. Everybody in class, including Mrs. Evans, saw it, but nobody ever mentioned it. Jim Bob smiled to himself and even chuckled a little. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us home to yonder. They walked the remainder of the trip home in silence. The sky was awash with late summer stars, and a warm breeze rustled the feathers of the now sound-asleep Brahmin chickens. Their mailbox and driveway were a welcome sight. All made a beeline for the barn and gently placed their chickens in the coop. All six woke up, jumped up on the roosting poles, and settled back to sleep. I'm hungry, Lily, Prissy, and Missy all confessed. They approached the garage tired and ready for a quick snack and an early bedtime. Sitting at the back door were two large paper grocery bags. You expecting something, Mary Alice? Jim Bob asked in surprise. The first bag contained six large lemonades from the diner, and they were very cold. The second bag contained still warm grilled cheese sandwiches and french fries. A note attached to the bag read, Even chicken thieves have to eat. Welcome home, Owens family. Enjoy dinner on me. Tubbs.